Welcome back to the Bear Experience. This is your host Lucas Bear speaking, and today we are talking about sneaker botting. For that purpose, I have three guests with me here today. I have Neo Negele. Hey guys. Jonathan Gartenmann. Hello. And Jonathan Kempe. What's up? For today's purpose, I have invited all of you three guys to extensively talk about sneakers and. I want to start off with this quick question. I'm sure all of you guys know a bit about sneakers and just a bit about the sneaker market. What is the maximum each of you would pay for a sneaker? I really think that depends on how the sneaker looks. And I think that's also what it's all about. But generally, I don't know, I'm, I'm ready to pay 100 to 200 francs for one sneaker. Also, um, it has to be new, so I wouldn't be ready to pay that price for a used sneaker. Makes sense, yeah. What about you guys? I also like wearing sneakers, and I'd probably spend up to 200 francs or US dollars for sneakers. And recently, I've been thinking if reselling would be something to do. And then, of course, if I would want to resell, then the price, there wouldn't be a limit how high the price could go for reselling sneakers. Because I think like, if it's a very hyped shoe, then I'd pay more than 200 for that. I would have, or probably today, I would not pay as much as I would have paid when I was younger. Um, when I was younger, I've, I really paid a lot for shoes. I think the, the highest price I paid for a shoe was about $600 which is really expensive Damn. for yeah. me nowadays. And um, today I would probably pay like 50 or $100 for maximum okay. um, for a shoe. What kind of shoe was that where you spent $600 on? Um, it was a Saint Laurent shoe. Okay. Yes. So a very fancy shoe, yeah. Jonathan, you, you mentioned reselling. Like, what do you mean with reselling? Mm, like, I'm very new to the sneaker game, and I have just recently started getting some interest for the whole sneaker reselling and, uh, yeah, just the sneaker world in general. And by sneaker resell, I understand under it is that you try to buy a sneaker that is very limited and not, not that you can't buy everywhere. And then if you're able to cop one of these pairs, then you can sell it on the online market for usually much more than the initial retail price was. Just to clear this up, to cop means to buy a shoe or to get that shoe. And this is generally very prominent in today's world. There are lots of shoes that go for a much higher price than the retail price, as you mentioned. And we want to talk about those. So... Maybe one example I could bring is Jordans. And I'm sure some of you have seen the off-white collab with Jordan. And those shoes cost about retail or about $200, I think. And right now they're going for $1,500. And it's just an immense increase in price. Yeah, I think that really shows how in today's world and in our time, designers um, like Virgil Abloh, who stands behind the brand Off-White, 
and also its head designer of Louis Vuitton actually have influence influence on the sneakers we buy and on the design. And I think that a lot of hype around the shoe, so why people like to buy a shoe is because of the people that stand behind the design. So Virgil Abloh is just one of the people. You also have people like Kanye West who actually came up through the music industry, but then also kind of started designing, having their own brand. Yeezys is uh, for sure also something we'll talk about later. Um, and I think it, that's really interesting. Also, new people like Travis Scott past few years have come up with some really, really crazy collabs with, with multiple brands. And I think that's really, really cool. I really agree with the point that sneakers are more than what they look. It's what they stand for, who made the sneakers and just even what they represent. And they think, yeah, it's a fashion trend that you can watch also going over to the sneaker environment or yeah world and i think it's cool and it's also kind of prestige i mean when you have a a shoe that maybe has a quantity in the whole world of about 100 and you're one of the 100 people that has a shoe like that i don't know that's that's a really crazy uh thing to know i agree i agree yeah i also think that the limitation of quantity of a shoe is part of is also another part of the price people are ready to pay for a shoe and also the hype before a release into the uh, retail market of the shoe and also i think in in today's time through social media and everything shoes and generally well not only shoes um generally fashion is can be hyped up and spread throughout the world much more quickly than when all these initial big brands we have nowadays, like Nike and Adidas, were founded and had to sell in, I don't know, the back of the car, talking about um, the founding of Nike, for example. Yeah, definitely. I think what also changes kind of the influence that social media has nowadays, and uh, advertisements can be um, distributed very differently nowadays. And I think through that, the whole economy or the market for shoes has also evolved. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. So like factors like quantity or, or scarcity. Um, so how much the shoe is produced and people that give out the shoe is what defines the price. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Probably also the advertisement going into the shoe. For example, if the person designing or being part of the collab, Post Malone or Travis Scott, is posting with the shoe before on Instagram, I mean, the huge followings that he has on Instagram or these people have on Instagram, I mean, so many people then know about the shoe. And then, yeah, you get huge amounts of people wanting that shoe. And I also think to the point before that if there's only a scarce number of these shoes produced, then people still want to get them even after they're sold out. And I think that's what enables this huge increase in price sometimes after on the retail market. Exactly. And we have these, these platforms nowadays too, to sell those shoes. Like mm -hmm. earlier in the day you had to, you didn't have like stock X or goat or other reselling platforms that could just put the shoe on and then uh, somebody will buy it and somebody would see those shoes. 
early in the day, you had to go to sneaker stores and have contacts with people who wanted those shoes so you could sell them. That's also why like sneakers nowadays have like gained a lot more importance and have gained a lot more um, popularity with resellers because they it's just so much more easy today. I agree. I agree. And maybe back to the point of of the resale resale price and retail price. I think it's really interesting what kind of sneakers are really popular on the resale market. As I think luxury sneakers already have a really high retail price and maybe are not so good for reselling as maybe cheaper skating sneakers, for example, would be. So you have brands like Jonathan mentioned before, a Saint Laurent sneaker, which already has a retail price of $600, is really, really expensive. But then shoes where where they cost a shoe that costs 100 francs is much more easy to resell or to gain this additional surplus of price to have a resale profit so to say well actually i've paid uh 600 bucks for the resale price so um, they cost um i think they even increased in price um and they were about 500 bucks I'm not sure, maybe also 600 and the price didn't change because it was kind of an old version of the shoe. And to get that shoe, it was not easy because there were not many versions of it anymore on the market. And therefore, the price still kind of remains since the product is kind of scarce. Yeah. In that sense. Another point also that I wanted to mention was that in order to be able to resell sneakers over these platforms like Goat or SneakerX, you really need to... Wait, what was the name of the... StockX. StockX. Yeah. StockX. StockX. Um, all right. As I mentioned before, um, the reasons that you can sell sneakers so easily over StockX and Goat is that the prices for shipping are dramatically low or in comparison to just 10 or 20 years ago, you can ship these shoes for a much lower price around the world, like anywhere, just because the globalization has brought us to such high transportation amounts that everything has gotten drastically cheaper. Yeah. I think one one aspect of reselling is always profit. So, of course, you could think about as shoes like some Jordans or just some Nike sneakers or some Adidas sneakers that... The, the producers want the people they want um, the people that buy the, sh- the shoes they want those to be the end um, consumers right so you want to have um, some Nike fans that can get the shoe for one hundred dollars and then they're happy with it and in between there's just this middleman this a, a lot of these people and like which has gained uh, massive popularity nowadays is to resell shoes for profit, not because you want the shoe, but because you want to make money off of it. Just because the shoe will increase in price so much and that with one pair of shoes, you can make $200, $300 just like that. And really um, drive some of the people that buy shoes is just to resell them later for a higher price. 
sometimes I think it's it's also sad because people who would initially actually be able and also willing to pay the price that is um, that the shoe has on the initial website or the retail price the retail price exactly um, they would be willing to pay that price but then people who just buy in larger quantities or are just faster when buying or um, use a bot for example buy these shoes first and then they um, will have to pay the resale price which is much higher most of the time than the initial retail price and i think sometimes that price increase kind of stands in the way of true sneaker fans getting their sneaker they really want definitely but i think also i mean that is one aspect and i think if you're a, if you are a fan or something you will find your own way of kind of getting the sneaker in some form is it then that you sell your sneakers um, to trade or gain money um, to buy that shoe? But still, the, st uh, the question stands, if this whole reselling market and environment just pushes the price up unnatural and then just creates this big bubble because a lot of people want to resell, but just for the gain of some profit, and yeah, if that's really going to sustain or stay that way over the long run. I think it will, because in a lot of cases, whenever there's that high demand for a shoe and there's just a very low supply, then like over time there will be an equilibrium price. And mm -hmm. there will just be this price that um, really represents the value to the consumers. And for some of us like when you when you buy a shoe for $100 from the retailer from nike.com that's like really cheap for a, a, maybe a shoe that you've been wanting for 5 years because you know they were from your favorite artist or from your favorite designer or something and then naturally i think the price will just come to that come to that level that will that we see today on some platforms and it, it will change over time, of course. Yeah. And also maybe through, through the, the hype that suddenly exists around a certain shoe, you will, as a sneaker fan, also be willing to pay more just because there is so much hype around the shoe. So the question is, in the end, is this hype and willingness to pay growing equally or is the price of the resale, the resale price growing faster than your willingness or growing higher than your willingness to pay. Neil, you just earlier mentioned bots. Bots are computer software that automates the checkout process. So when you have a, a site that is dropping shoes, you have Nike.com that is dropping shoes. And of course, the normal way would be you go to the site and you type in your, your credit card info and you type in um, your shipping address and then you press enter. What bots do is that they automate this process that can be fulfilled in like less than a second. And so when you have these hype shoe drops and you want a pair of those, there will be other people with sneaker bots. They're called sneaker bots if they're 
specifically for sneakers, that can just extremely fast and much faster than a human being check out a given product uh, with that automated software. That's what's also increased the price for um, for all these shoes is because it's it's so difficult. It's really incredibly difficult to get these shoes to cop these shoes at the retail price. And I think just recently the Nike Dunk Lows veneers dropped. With Neo, I um, what we tried to do was we tried to cop them at release date for one hundred dollars, and what finally happened i think neo you can explain so we tried to buy these shoes of the of the nike website and well we kind of went through the check-in and the site said um it was down and what this means mostly is that the site is overloading and that the bots are just buying all the sneakers and with with really prominent brands like Nike, this is often the case um, that bots or people using bots buy and get all these sneakers in the end. Exactly. And we, we were waiting for like three minutes, I think, or a few minutes after the site went down and then it said uh, sold out. And like we normally think, oh, we're the people that are exactly on time to buy those shoes. And we failed. The, the shoes were already sold out after one minute. Yeah. So what is the advantage that these bots have in the situation where normal people on their laptops can't buy the shoes, but the people with bot can? There are two advantages. One is quantity. So bots can do multiple tasks. So they can pretend they are multiple people and go on the same website a thousand times so it's like you'd have 1000 people checking out that product for you checking out that shoe for you and on the second side it's also a lot faster so ultimately you have a much faster and a much or just much more people like or like people um buying that shoe for you and the normal people that want to buy the shoes are just left in the dirt because like what are you trying to race a sports car on your feet no <laughs> like you're, you're predestined to lose almost like every time yeah there's almost no chance that you will kind of compete or have a chance against those bots because um as you said they have speeds which go beyond uh, kind of the human capability to buy such a shoe and check out that fast. Exactly. But I think there, if you look at the the amount of shoes that are dropping, there's there's still an amount that can be checked out normally because I I'm not sure if the bots then can just check out thousands of shoes at the same time. Well, of course it depends because there are bot protections. So you can't just, like every computer has an, has an IP. So whenever you go onto a website, Nike.com sees your IP and sees where uh, you're trying to buy your shoes from. And so when there's one guy with one computer trying to buy 1,000 shoes, Nike doesn't want that. And so they'll just block that IP and then you can't buy even one shoe. And 
what a countermeasure against that is um, that bots can use proxies, which is just kind of like a, uh, or which is simply a, an IP to buy. And so you can buy IPs from different um, locations and then you'll have like 100 proxies. So your computer will connect to the proxy and then send the request to buy that shoe. And so for mm. Nike, it will be like, oh, there are 100 different people buying the shoe. Then yeah. it won't recognize not. kind of the, the, the one person behind the whole process. Exactly. Um, I've also looked into this, and this is also maybe a part um, why the resale price of a certain shoe is so high, because, of course, the bot software costs its fair amount, and the more you want to have a bot that really gets gets you the shoe or gets you a higher quantity of shoes at the retail price on the initial website, um, you will have to pay a higher price for this software. And also, you can buy um, multiple accounts. So, for example, for a website, you can buy a, let's say, Nike account. And then the more accounts you buy, the more sneakers you will be able to get at the same time. And this gives the buyer that uses a bot also already a fixed cost that he has to cover um, when reselling the shoes again. Yeah. And I mean, it seems like the perfect idea to just, uh, when you know you you could just sell shoes for a profit, then, oh, why why shouldn't I buy a bot and then just buy all these shoes and then resell them? As you mentioned, Neo, it's once the, the price of a bot, these can, like, if you really want a good bot, and it's to be mentioned that bots don't always guarantee you to buy or you to be able to buy those shoes because there are other people that have bots. And so sometimes uh, you just have, you get one bot, uh, you get one purchase of a sneaker and you try it with hundred uh, different IPs and with like, as if you're hundred different people. And so um, it really is just like this probability. And what sneaker botters do is that they have, these high costs, like really high costs for the bot, then they have costs for proxies, like for these IP addresses. And after they, they've bought the shoes, maybe they even have shipping, um, shipping costs. And so it's like a lot of costs that you have to look at if you really want to sell shoes. And it's not just a simple uh, program that is free on the app store and then you can just uh, cop some sneakers for free and then you sell them for $100 more. That's, that's not how it works. That's not reality. I agree. Uh, I think um, the main problem um, in this area or in this environment is um, the capital. So you have to have a lot of money ready um, in the beginning. But I think once you've really gotten into it, um, paid off your fixed cost, I think um, you'll be able to score high profits. But as you said, these these bots are really, really expensive. Um, I don't know if you have the numbers on, on, on the prices. Um, for example, Ganesh bot, which is a bot um, for Europe, goes for uh, 4.5K dollars. Wow. Yeah, so 
that's really really expensive damn man. that's really expensive yeah that's that's what people earn per month so this is kind of i think the the thing that stands in the way of people of more people getting into this business and trying to buy more sneakers and trying to resell them then and i think an additional reason why not more people are doing this is also time to be able to buy those sneakers because sneaker, sneakers drop at every time during the day depending what you're trying to buy and also you you need to know which sneakers have a higher probability of going up in price because there's so many sneakers out there i mean not all are going to go up so you need a certain taste for it too yeah and of course you need a lot of experience I mean, you really have to know your stuff and know how these um, bots work in that sense how you then can purchase and then resell um, is also a different category yeah. you have to encounter yeah because there are like these different platforms we mentioned StockX and goat which are kind of us sites more because there the shipping is a lot less and you don't have to pay additional tax and so for swiss people like us or for european people uh, StockX isn't really that uh good of a sneaker reselling platform but then you more have like whatsapp groups or facebook groups or just exactly you, do, you don't even have to go that far um as to look at stock x you can even there are so many um instagram pages which sell these shoes or sell hyped items which then also allows everyone to have this access to sell these these products yeah how do you guys think you'd know if a, a, a shoe goes up in price i i wanted to talk about that so i think it's really difficult if you don't know your way around sneakers or you haven't watched the resale prices in the last few years if you're trying to buy sneakers and resell them again because some of these sneakers that are have really high prices look really really ugly and yeah. it's, also <laughs> it's also something that well shoes it's it's still fashion it's still clothing and clothes um different people fancy different clothes so i think this is really really difficult but um in the past past few years the trend has shown that as we've said limited shoes um go up in price collaboration shoes with brands or people go up in price and also a good indicator is um also jo uh, jonathan mentioned that um how social media accounts react to a certain shoe because these shoes are mostly getting announced a few weeks or even years um in advance um and maybe like first sneak peek is published of a certain shoe and then you've already seen the first reaction of people um on the shoe yeah maybe a very short term factor that i would consider is how fast the shoe sells out of course if it's sold out then well you can't cop it or buy it anymore but if it sells out i don't know within 3 minutes or 5 minutes then i think it is very wanted and there's a high demand for it and then yeah. i think that high demand will stay there for the future yeah 
So mm. if it takes days for, or just a longer time for a shoe to sell out, then I think the chances are lower of the value increasing afterwards. But yeah. there's always special occasions or, yeah, things happening. Things could happen, and then the shoe could get hyped after a week or even more. Yeah, because if, if a shoe stays um, available on the retail website or on the retail platform, that also shows us that the people who are actually trying to make money off the shoe, so the people who are using bots didn't try to buy this this shoe. Um, so it, it will be available for, for a longer time. Mm. And to the question again, I think, um, as Neo mentioned, with social media, I think the, the best example is this Ben and Jerry Nike Dunk or something. I'm and not sure yeah. how, how, it, how the shoe is called, but I mean, it's such an absurd shoe, but it went, went really crazy with the price. And this shows how, how big the influence of social media is. Because um, I think several months before the release, they already started uh, advertising this shoe and really kind of pushing it and promoting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And th this is, I think, a very good example. Yeah. For this. I think they're called the, the, the chunky donkeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. And I mean, that's, it's, it's a good example because I, myself, I, I, I knew of them dropping and, this was like my first shoe I really was aware about of dropping. And as you said, it's, it's a collab between uh, Ben and Jerry's, the, the ice cream company and uh, Nike SB. And so the, the retail price was $100, but so many people know um, Ben and Jerry's and so many people like Ben and Jerry's and so many people like Nike that the collaboration between those two, which maybe might be a, a one once in a lifetime thing, increases the price immensely. And I I think wait I'm looking at it right now it's the price is at one thousand two hundred and seventy dollars right now. Ooh. Yeah. And I also remember um, there was also some shoes being delivered in a special packaging in this ice cream bucket packaging kind of and this kind of packaging these shoes went or had a price for um, of about 4,000, I remember. There are 1,500 now. So they went yeah. up, up, down a bit, but but that's that's like a danger too, because you mentioned they were at 4,000 and now they're at 1,500. Sneakers don't even necessarily stay on that price. Like there's, normally there's like this, the retail price. And then just after the drop, people go crazy about the shoes. They really think, oh my God, the shoe will have so much value and so much profit that they even buy the shoes for $500. And then maybe the shoe actually just decreases and then goes for 400 in the end. And then there are also lots of people who make losses in that way, and not yeah. just profits. I often wonder how, how it worked before social media. So how, if, if the hype was also that big before social media, what do you guys think? Definitely, but I think it was not as easy accessible for everyone. 
for instance, um, look at Supreme in the 2000s. I mean, it was, I'm not sure if it was then already that hype, but for sure 2008 or something, um, and the people living in New York or in those areas where there were shops definitely had an advantage of getting things like that. Yeah. I also think I read about Supreme that they actually introduced this kind of collaboration era, so to say. So they really started to collaborate on certain projects with different brands, with different artists. And I think it's also easy in an environment or easier in an environment like New York City to find influential people and let them put their touch to a certain product, to a certain uh yeah, certain product. Mm-hmm. Your question before how it was before social media. I think before social media, the hype was definitely there, but the circle of people who were hyping shoes at that time was probably much smaller just because there weren't that many people who knew about that world. And I think with social media, a lot of things have become a lot more accessible and mainstream in a sense to people. And so I think, yeah, social media has just scaled the whole thing. Definitely. I think, do you guys know the the show Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with Will Smith? Yeah, yeah of course. Mm-hmm. That was a show, I think, emissioned in the 1990s. Will Smith, already at that time, he was, he was rocking uh, Jordan 5s. People, and he was always wearing the shoes that weren't out yet. And so in that time, instead of social media like Instagram and Facebook and just these other uh, apps. Then it was TV and other forms. Like maybe there was, I think, I'm sure there was like maybe even a, a sneaker magazine or like mm-hmm. skateboard shops uh, in the earlier decades that were much more into sneakers then because it was just much more of a community thing as well. Yeah. And there was, of course, also advertisement. Or just your, or just your local uh, sneaker shop, or also barber shop, where you would exchange with your friends. What was the cool sneaker, or some story of a guy who got laid with a woman due to a sneaker? I mean, <laughs> I think small what? things like small things like this could increase, like the prestige of a shoe back in the day. But I think that's more on a on a. On, it's also on a smaller scale. Compared to uh, what what John said, um, social media has just like magnified this this effect by a multitude. I think in like uh, in Japan or something, um, there was also like in lots of parts of the world there were these these sneaker communities. Or there still are today, um, but at, at that time they were much smaller and. At that time, it was also already like in those price ranges for you paying $5,000 for a shoe because if a shoe only released in Japan and somebody had to fly with the shoe to, to, the, uh, to America and then bring you the shoe and like there was just a lot more effort into knowing where the shoes drop and knowing what shoes are actually available and then if one guy talks about it and then everyone talks about it and then it's like this crazy thing that everyone wants and then it was already back in the day i think uh, a prestige thing 
like yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. Also, maybe coming from the origin of sneakers, so sports, I think people like that really had huge influence on what sneakers were were worn at, at a certain time. So big athletes like Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, today LeBron James have influence on the sneaker game. Yeah, and I mean, like the pr most prominent example is Michael Jordan with his Jordan brand. Um, and it's like this one guy that just made it, the whole world crazy about Jordans. They're named after his name. So, I mean, if... Yeah, crazy. Like, my sister has some Jordans. My brother has some Jordans. I don't, but, like... <laughs> it's just... It's it's like everywhere around the world, people know what, what, what Jordans are. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about some hype collaborations or just some really interesting collaborations. As we said, Travis Scott, he has made a collaboration with PlayStation, and I think he's released the shoe now and you can't buy it on normal way but you had to win in a raffle like in a in a lottery to get the chance for the the sneakers and the the quantity was a 10 shoes in the whole wide world if you want to buy one of those shoes you easily pay 50k well i think in that case people who who buy these shoes will just keep the shoe i think if you if you've already if you've already won kind of this raffle this lottery you will count yourself to the one of the luckiest people in the world especially if you're if you're a sneakerhead um a sneaker fan you will just keep this shoe as your holy grail because if there're only 10 pieces in the world i mean that's amazing if you get one of those yeah i mean that will that will increase the price as well and then nobody will sell those shoes for 10 years and then Instead of 50,000, people start to buy the shoe at half a million. Well, like, who knows? Who knows? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Well, I think we talked about lots of interesting stuff and also about sneaker botting and just the sneaker reselling game in general. This isn't just limited to sneakers. I mean, there are hype brands like Supreme and palace and just other clothing brands thanks guys again for joining in <laughs> yeah thanks for having us of course <laughs> yeah thank you. thank you it was great and stay tuned for the next episode on cryptocurrency see ya bye guys bye